0: Welcome to the Grove Community Church Sermon Podcast. We're a faith community seeking to change lives, change our community, and change the world. And now to this week's message. We hope you enjoy it. As we launch into into this time of Lent, we're reminded that it is a 40 days of preparation for the early church, it was forty days of preparation that led up to Easter, uh, and during that time, you had individuals who were wanting to become baptized and be a part of the church, go through all sorts of training, and um, one-on-one uh, discipleship. And it was a time to reflect. It was a time to um, it was a time to kind of uh, um, dig deep into to. To what it meant to follow Christ and to, um, and to learn more about Him. It was a time to really explore the connection to God and uh, and, and to develop that. And so that's the challenge for us in this Lent season, that we develop the habits, n- maybe new habits. They're going to help us grow in our personal connection to, to Christ and in our deep relationship with the Father. And we have to be intentional about that. And so so I want you guys to be really seriously considering what does that look like for you. So it's no coincidence that today we actually look at a, at a verse or a set of verses that deal with a 40-day period. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew 4. And we're going to be looking at 4 through 11, uh, particularly um, the first part of this to kind of understand what it is that Jesus is going through and why. And so this is the temptation of Jesus. And it takes place over 40 days in a barren kind of wilderness place. So if you have your your Bibles, turn to uh, Matthew 4, 1 through 11. And this is what it says. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. I mean, yeah. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread, become loaves of bread, but he answered, he being Jesus, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So I want to stop here and look at this first temptation, but look at the setup of the temptation as well. So we we learn right off the bat, this is right after Jesus uh, has been baptized and he hears the voice that says, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And then the spirit, leads jesus into the wilderness now that is a um it is a a passive verb there to be led by and in um in the new testament when you find a passive verb we're to understand it that it's a divine passive so god through his spirit leads jesus into the wilderness in order to be tested or tempted. Now the word for tempted here is, is kind of a strange word. And um, I think we do it a disservice in our culture sometimes. We think that temptation is, um, is this tempting to, to be evil or to do something evil. Uh, and, and that's not necessarily what it means. It's really, the word really should be translated tested. So it should read that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tested, and the instrument of this testing is the devil, by the devil. But the testing is not a temptation to do something uh, evil. It is a test to see if Jesus is worthy of his sonship. Remember, he has said, "This is my beloved son, whom." with whom I am well pleased. So so this temptation, this testing, is a testing to see if Jesus lives up to his calling. And so the testing is purposed by God, but God in all of his wisdom and all of his power uses the devil quite cleverly to do this. And so it's not that the devil is acting on behalf of God, but that God knows what the devil's gonna do and uses this opportunity to test the Son. Now that might be a little bit different than than what you've heard before, but that's an important distinction uh, that we don't have time to dive into the depths of, but it's an important distinction under understanding that there are two different things there. And so Jesus is going to be tested to see if he has the metal to really follow through with what he was sent to do. Jesus is being tested in his humanness to see if Through his humanness, he can rely on the Spirit to get him through the wilderness. Now, that might sound like a familiar theme, and it should, and it's one that we've already talked about Matthew here. It's the theme of Jesus being the new Moses, that Jesus is leading his people through the wilderness and into the promised land, from being slaves into being a free people in their own land, a land flowing with milk and honey, an idyllic place. Jesus is setting people free and giving them new life. And just like, just like the Israelites wandered for 40 years in the desert, they were tested, but they failed their tests over and over and over again. And so what should have been a short time became 40 years. And so now Jesus steps on the scene, and in 40 days, he proves what the Israelites couldn't do in 40 years, Jesus does in 40 days. Days He takes what they were unable to do, and he makes it happen with him. And so for 40 days, we are told, he fasted. 40 days and 40 nights, and he was hungry. And if you've never fasted for very long, you don't understand, um, you might not understand just how, um, how hunger works. Once you get past the hunger pangs that we feel, that we're used to, when hunger gets into a 40-day, 40 40-night 40 kind of fast, your whole body begins to shut down. Your muscles shut down. Your vision doesn't work right. Uh, um, The saliva in your mouth isn't right. There's so many things that your body starts to do when it lacks all the nutrients that it needs or any of the nutrients that it needs. And so this hunger isn't just, oh man, I'm hungry. I want to go to the refrigerator and grab a snack. This is his body shutting down hunger. And so it was then that the tempter, this tester came to Jesus and said, if you are the son of God. Now remember Jesus heard the voice that said, you are my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. But now Satan says, if you are the son of God, this is a challenge. It's a challenge to see if Jesus trusts the father and if Jesus really understands his sonship. It's a test to shortcut and to challenge God to say, this is what I want, God, now make it happen. How often do we do that, by the way? God, this is what I want, so make it happen. God, this is my request, please make it happen. And that's what Satan is really tempting Jesus to do. The test is for Jesus to be the one in control, not the Father. So if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread, because if you're the Son of God, you have the power to do that. But Jesus answered, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so when Jesus is tempted, when he is tested, he battles that temptation, that test with the truth of scripture. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, this is the second temptation. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And so Jesus is now tempted to prove that God has his back. He's tempted by the tempter. He's tested and the tempter uses scripture himself. He noticed that Jesus used scripture. So now he's going to throw scripture back to Jesus and he's going to manipulate that scripture knowing full well that that's not what those scriptures mean and really testing Jesus again In this area of, are you going to test the Lord and have him do what you want? Or are you going to allow him to lead you? So Jesus in verse seven answers, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Third temptation. Again, the devil took him to the very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, all of these, I will give to you. If you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Now, what's interesting about this passage and these quotes that Jesus uses is that every single one of them come from Deuteronomy 6 through 8. And it's part of the address that Moses has to the Israelites before they enter into Canaan. It's a reminder of them for the 40 years that they spent in the wilderness. So every quote that Jesus uses here comes from this very specific time in Israel's history where they are passing from the 40 years in the desert into the promised land. And Moses is encouraging the people to depend on God's word and not on what they have. To not put God to the test and to be obedient to his leading and his will and to make to make God the exclusive subject of their worship. No one else, no other God, nothing else can come before him. And so Moses is reminding the Israelites this as they're going into Canaan, knowing that they are gonna be tempted in all three of these areas, that they are going to learn to depend on what they have because they're gonna have so much, that there's so much is gonna be a distraction if they're not careful, that they can put God's word to the test and put God to the test by asking God to provide for them instead of allowing God to lead them and asking for God to, or trying to manipulate God and testing God and pushing God, instead of allowing God to mold them and shape them and move them in the way that he wants. And then finally, he knew that that other things and other gods would be a distraction for them. And if not careful, they would begin to pursue those things more than they pursue God. And my goodness, are those not truths for us now? It's the warnings that we should look at. We are tested in so many ways by our culture. One is that we have so much, it's easy to learn to depend on the things we have instead of God. How often do we put God to the test by trying to control our lives rather than allow him to control ours? How many times do we test God by saying, let me do what I want, or God, do this for me because this is what I want? And then finally, how many times do we choose to worship other things, other people, other, other objects that, um, that come in the way of our pursuit of God? What do you put before God? Sometimes those things are good, like family. Sometimes those things are not good. It's the pursuit of wealth or it's the pursuit of power or it's the pursuit after things that you lust for. I don't know what comes between you and the worship of God alone. I know the things that I struggle with. I know the things that can become um, objects that I worship more than God. Do the hard work of figuring out what it is for you. So Jesus in this passage is he turns away the test of Satan. He uses this scripture that comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6-8. through Each one of these are quoted in this message that Moses has for the people of, of Israel as they're getting ready to go into the promised land. And what Jesus is doing here is he's saying that I'm the new Moses and these are the things that you need to understand. These are, these are the three things that we need to carry with us as we, as we battle the test and the temptations that lie before us. And Jesus is saying that about what he's about to go through in his ministry, but also it's a lesson for us, for anybody that would follow him, for anybody that would seek to be like Christ. We must learn to rely on God's word alone, to not put God to the test and to put no other object of worship before him. And that's what we learn through Jesus's quotes as he is tested and tempted by Satan. So Jesus understands what it's like to be tested. He understands the temptations that we struggle with. He knows more intimately than we, can, than we can ever really understand what it is we go through, the things that we pursue that aren't him, the things that distract us from knowing him deeply. And so it is over these next 40 days that the challenge is for us, like Jesus, to turn back the tests, to not let any objects come before him, to rely on him and not on the things that we have, not on the power that we have, not on the finances that we have, not on the easiness of what it means to live in North America, but instead rely on him. Are you willing to do that over the next 40 days? We're told at the end of this passage that the devil left him and behold, the angels came and were ministering to him. That's verse 11. Let this 40 days be a time of setting boundaries in your life, of pursuing Christ, and allow him through his spirit and through the presence and through his presence to minister to you and to build you up and to make you into the person that he created you to be. For 40 days, the challenge is that our focus is singular, that we're not distracted by things or by other pursuits. But but for 40 days, we choose, like Jesus, to put our full focus, our full trust, our full obedience in him. And so this coming week, as we launch into the Lent season, may it be for you a time of growth, a time of challenge, a time of relinquishment as Jesus takes you from the slavery of the distractions and the temptations of this world into the freedom of pursuing him alone, as he takes us out of Egypt and into the promised land, as he becomes the new Moses in our life and provides for us everything that we need, not necessarily everything we want, but everything we need as we pursue this new life that God has for us through Christ. May this Lent season be a powerful season of change. Amen. We hope you found this week's message meaningful and impactful. And as always, don't just hear it, but put it into practice. Until next time, have a good one.